Welcome then, friends, to Tanked Up, the podcast where everyone's good. And we talk about video games and drink craft beer each and every week. I'm one of your hosts, Ben. It's episode 294, and I'm here with Lucy. Are we good? Yeah. Are we... Okay. <laughs> and Adam. Hey. We're definitely we're we're good. We're good. Okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, the world isn't you. good, but we are. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's true. Yes, the world is having a bit of a funny, you know, d- d- ten years Couple of now. Years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A few thousand million, really. <laughs> Basically, humanity was it, a mistake, and the world is realizing it. But when you think about it, uh, we're such a small part of that timeline. Mm-hmm. You know, billions of years. You know, humanity. Couple, you know, thousand. It's just it. it it's like it didn't even happen. It's like, Fuck, it fucked it all up already as well. Let's open some beers and talk about some of our favourite things in video games. Uh, Lucy, what are you going mm. to kick off with this week? Um, I'm going to kick off with the only beer that was cold in my fridge. We'll see if mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes if I want another beer, because this is a tall boy, nice. as we all know, from Arbor. And we'll see if the others cool in time. Mm-hmm. This is a 3.9% Session Parallel, and it's called Pocket Rocket. Nice, bright yellow can. Yep, it's one pint. It's just like, yeah, I I think alcohol is what I need. Um, (laughs) Not just now, just in general, anyway. (laughs) Just right this second, that's it, that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, here we go. It's got Simcoe, Citra, and Mosaic Hops. It's also got oats in it, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, those are gonna bolster what is quite like three point nine percent session. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So, yeah. Good. Good. Um, Adam, what are you starting with? I also have a uh, lightish beer. It is um, Salt Beer Factory's Citra Nipa JNR Nipa Junior. It's a four point three percent juicy hazy. Uh, IPA, salts. Uh, oh, that's the flavor text about salts. There isn't flavor text about the beer. So yes, four point three percent, four forty mil can. Looks kind of like a, a Ninja Turtles video game mm. from the nineties asset. That's I what the can looks like. A honeycomb, but right. yeah, green honeycomb. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, that is all it says. Nice. Um, it was my first salt beer. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't oh, think I've had anything by them before. Hmm. I thought you would have come yeah. across them getting the beer 52 boxes. Yeah, they've been kicking around for a while. Hmm. Um, or I've uh, just forgotten. Yeah, potentially, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm yeah, no, not too light, but I'm, I'm starting light as well this week. The 5.5% uh, New Zealand double dry hopped pale L uh, called Culture Shock from Polly's. Uh, nice. This one says, um, "Oh, the Betty, the Bruce, Nelson Sobon. Sure, that's their flavour text. What well, was well, sick on in it? Well, they do put out a lot of beers. Maybe they don't have time for the flavour text. That's it. Like, I know. Yeah, we got to get this out the door. Like, yeah, Polly's are like what ten new beers a week. So it's, yeah, uh... literally. <laughs> Which yeah. you know what." 
It's like culture shop. They're all pretty good and reasonably priced, so why not? Yeah. Absolutely. I did pick a couple of breweries today, um, which are pretty damn consistent in, in, in you know in almost every single beer. So yeah. Uh, Lucy, we'll come back to Ooh. you then for the little pocket rocket. Not so little. Not so little. Um, did it pour with almost no head? I wasn't even paying attention. I do apologise. But it is quite thin. Um, it's got a uh, amberish colour. It's just... Uh, I guess it's slightly, slightly hazy. Um, Smell-wise. It's got a nice... Hmm, what's that fruit? I'm smelling there. Might just be a bog standard one. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, the bog standard fruit, yeah. Yeah, the ones that you know you'd usually see in supermarkets, but you know. Banana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, sorry, uh, it'll come to me. But taste-wise. Hopefully it will come as you as you taste it. You know the the, the flavour mm. coming through maybe a little bit more full in the uh, in the taste. I don't, know, I don't know if it's like a little bit of lychee. Mm. 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 There's a there's a fruit that I just can't put my finger on. But, I haven't um, seen a lychee in the supermarket for years. <laughs> yeah. What supermarkets aren't you going to? <laughs> All of them. Mm. That's fair, but. But it's got a nice balance to it. It's it's got a little bit of bitterness at the end. Nice bit of maltiness. There's as I say, there's like this very slightly perfumey, mm-hmm. um, fruity flavour to it, which which for three point nine percent is it's more than you expect for such a low low alcohol beer. Don't know if the oats are doing much. It's it still tastes quite thin. Um, the mouthfeel is, it is quite watery, uh, not in a bad way, but it is quite refreshing still. Especially yeah. when you're having a pint of something, it's like okay, probably don't want anything too heavy. But yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's a really well balanced beer. It's it it's doing a lot with the fruit for such a you know as I say low percentage beer. But I just I I. It will come to me after after I think about it and drink some more. I may have got a whole pint to go through, so if it doesn't come to me by then, something's seriously wrong. <laughs> but, <laughs> and it, but yeah, it, it's, it's a beer I didn't have that long ago. I mean, a, a, a couple of months or so, you know, not like yesterday, um, but, you know, several months ago, because, again, with it being Arbor, it was available around the corner. So Pocket Rocket being that lower uh, percentage was one that I sort of picked up every time. Uh, I, I went in the shop, sort of, you know, end of the summer, beginning of sort of the autumn, um, and it is the, the thing that always stood out to me was that incredibly floral note. Yes, to it. yes, I think that's my. What it, I was just about to say, I'm getting this piney bitterness now at the end. The bitterness is, I'd say, it's more bitter than anything mm. else now that my, even though that my palate's acclimatized to it, it's like, yeah, I'm getting quite a lot of bitterness on the end. So, so yeah, and I was like. Mm. Maybe pine is what I'm thinking. Maybe it's not any fruit that I'm mm. thinking of because I was thinking oh, it's a bit zingy. It's a bit. So yeah, maybe maybe it is. Yeah, that floral kind of uh, taste to it. So thank you, Ben, because I was going to go insane. <laughs> what were the what were the hops in it? 
Citra, was it Simcoe? Simcoe, Citra, and Mosaic. So. Mm. Do you get pretty good trifecta? But, yeah. yeah, I seem to remember as well. Maybe it adds to that sort of that floral pininess. There's just that sort of slightly, and you it reminded me again when you said sort of um, more sort of. Uh, Kind of like zesty and 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 citrus. There's a there's like a little bit of a lime kick in there as mm. well, which I think is masked a little bit by how piney it it turns yeah, out. But yeah, because yeah. I was going to say it, it's it's it tastes maybe it's the look as well, but sort of like Lucasade, where there's like mm. a very yeah, as you say, like a very um, citrusy kind of flavor to it as well. But yeah, I, I think it's really nice. I like the the bitterness on it mm. you know it's like especially you know low alcohol beers I think they're like try and shine away you know stay away from bitterness as well yes <laughs> and it's like just give me a nice bit of beer yeah, absolutely. This, is, this is the more I have it the more bitter it is and uh, I'm enjoying it so good yeah. nice um, Adol back to you for the salt you're muted junior I assume <laughs> Junior, I assume. <laughs> um, sorry about that. Uh, quite hazy. Poured with a lot mm. of heads. I'm sure you noticed that I started to pour, and I was like, "Oh no, this is not one to pour at eye level. It's it's doing a bad." But if it calmed down really quickly, uh, leaving just a thin couple milliliters of head at the top. It's quite hazy. Uh, much more yellowy straw. Mm-hmm. It's got a lovely nose it's like light i want to say like almost key lime but with that with less tart like it's a okay. slightly lemon limey uh with sweetness um yeah mm, it's, it's nice and um it is nice and fizzy sort of blossoms in the mouth um, I'm still getting that sweetness. Um, I want to say a little more variety in the citrus. It's not quite just that sort of lemon limey uh, with, with sweet. Um, hmm. So there's there's like a bit of orange coming in and out. Uh, the lemon is quite faint actually, but sort of steady. Um, Does it is it quite a, a, a kind of like a big flavor because the the way that it looks it it almost looks like you know not weak squash but it looks really really light yeah it's it's so like i said I, i'm really glad that the it is as um carbonated as it is because mm. that helps the taste come out because it's quite light i was gonna say reserved and that's not quite right it's mm-hmm. quite light in the taste profile everything like the curve is sort of quite low down um now that i've had it though it's got a lovely lingering bitterness um, nothing like super piney or anything. This is definitely like the type of IPA you could hand to someone who insists they don't like IPAs because they think they're all bitter, hit you in the face. Um, but there is nuance there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's quite a sweetness in the beginning. You know, it fades a bit, and then you're left with this sort of, now that my palate's acclimatized to it, uh, I'm gonna say this. It's got a bit of an aspartaminess right near, bef- right near the end of the main t- taste. Um, but it, oh, but right before that, it sort of 
mostly masked by that is is like is is a lot of orange. Okay. No. All right, so I'm getting like more naval orange notes coming through than I was before. Hmm. But then there's this aspartaminess, and then there's a nice low key bitterness. Excuse me. It's quite fizzy. Um, yeah, and again, I wish the bitterness had a little more depth. So far, it's kind of flat, just like, oh, yes, I have had a beer. It's not like, you know, it's not like a lingering pininess or like even like a citrus, like grapefruity bitterness. It's kind of like, yes, there is some beer. Um, that's also kind of there's a light maltiness near the fin- at the in the finish as well, but very light. Malts aren't really. This is not a malt forward beer. Um, yeah. So so far, um, it's. I mean, it's four point three percent. It's it's a junior Nipa. It's it actually makes sense calling it junior because it does feel like a scaled back one. Like you've got okay. those similar notes, um, but everything isn't like in your face. Um, but yeah, hopefully that finish um, develops uh, as, as I drink the the can. Nice, good. Mm. So this, you two are drinking the same beer. Uh, almost, it, it's kind of mine. Mine does come through a little bit pallid um, on the camera, but actually, when I take it sort of away from the light, it, it does have a little bit more of an orange sort of uh, note to it. But it, it is quite a pallid sort of beer. But it's got a lovely big nose to it. Very sweet, very fruity. Mm. Almost a little, again, just a, a, a touch of kind of uh, of a floral sort of note in there as well. It did almost, it poured with almost no head at all. And obviously that came through as well because I could just pour it straight up to the, the top of the glass. But that's lovely. That's very, very easy. Incredibly so. Um, that sweetness comes through straight away. But it's also accompanied by just a, a, a really light floral note, which again is kind of uh, um, a little bit sort of tropical, a little bit sort of citrusy. And it kind of mellows out into something a little danker. So that floral note is kind of big and light and airy and then it sort of comes down and grounds a little bit and becomes just a touch earthier and a little danker whilst that initial kind of sweetness that very sort of fruity sweetness is just kind of cutting through the entire flavour um, and it, it, it it's very dry and leaves me then with just that, that, that bitterness that, that earthy kind of dank moves again into a bitterness like the flow on this is lovely like, it works mm. really really well and I think that works well again because it's got that sweetness which cuts through everything and just sits very nicely through uh, just taking you through that little flow mm. I like a beer with a good journey yeah me too it's one of my favourite things mm. Mm, like there's beers that are like well balanced but when they take you on a little journey yeah absolutely and it's it'd be really interesting to know what else is in this, whether it is a single hopped. I know it says New Zealand double dry hopped pale, and it's got Nelson and so on in it. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what else has been balanced against this, against the Nelson and so on. I can get, I can get the floral, uh, you know, those lovely notes from that in there. Um, is it a touch of grape? 
not so much in this one but again that could be that little bit of sweetness that just sort of cuts through as well in there um, but oh, it's, it's, if it is just Nelson Sobel well, that's doing a hell of a lot mm. um, so it just yeah, that's impressive. yeah yeah, it would be very impressive if it was just that it doesn't yeah. tell me any further kind of uh, apart from the allergens it doesn't list any of the other hops just hops um, I don't remember on Polly's beers if you know with that kind of tiny little bit of flavour text mm. and, and what it is whether it usually does list all of the um, all of the hops in their beers yeah because when you said dry I was like well usually associate Polly's with very you know fruity wet you know yeah. kind of beers but yeah if it's nice and solvent then you, yeah you would think well it's probably going to have some vinous like qualities to it maybe a bit drier so yeah mm. It's good. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. It's very, very good. And it was, again, with it being, I don't know, whether, but, but Polly's do, as we mentioned, knock out so many beers. But for a, a 5.5% um, pale, you know, 440 more I think it was about £4. It was, it was yeah, you know, yeah. barely anything. Uh, I said, it said £4, not barely anything, obviously. But in terms of, you know, beers of this quality, at, at that kind of level... You're talking sort of more six, six fifty, per, perhaps with other yeah. breweries. So Polly's knocking out a really good beer at an yeah. incredible yeah. price. Um, They've kind of like supplanted what Cloud were, water were for that reasonable price. Their mm. beers gone up in price recently. Don't yeah, yeah. Cloud water no, I don't either. Uh, probably producing less, but more for you know, you know places like uh, Tesco and stuff like that possibly I don't know um, so yeah I, th- I think they're fully in that space now where it's like affordable and you're going to get a really good beer mm-hmm. that's not quite on the level of maybe like a Verdant or a you know um, what other ones in Bristol is it Lost and Grounded I'm thinking of or the other guys oh, uh, Left Handed Giant Left Handed yeah, Giant yeah, yeah. yeah but, yeah, those are the ones. But still, you're getting a cracking beer. Like <laughs> they probably have. What was the strength on that? Five point five point five. Five point five. They probably have sixteen beers out now that are that strength. Parallel. <laughs> uh, so it's like, and it doesn't matter which one you pick because you're gonna get a good one every time. Yeah, most likely. You know. I, I, absolutely. I don't think I've had a. Bad polys. I've definitely had some which have, you know, they've been okay. They've been all right. Mm. They've not done anything sort of new. But most of the time, eighty-five percent of the time, polys are just very well-made beers. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. Good. Cheers, everybody. Let's knock these back and enjoy them. And for this episode, we will start our first half before second beers out on just you know whatever we want to chat about a few games that we've been playing and, and stuff like that but for the second half of uh, of our episode uh, we have i have now finished inscription as well and i know that we've all been kind of dying to talk about it and get into it so we're going to go a little bit deeper on uh, on inscription uh, and our thoughts on it um for the second half of the episode so if you haven't played inscription you absolutely should but you know Stick around, listen to our chat about what we've been playing and, you know, the uh, the beers. But maybe it'd be a good idea to duck out because 
There's a lot going on with inscription, and we're going to get into it. Um, but first, for our first large segment, what have we all been up to? What have we been playing? What have we been doing? I was trying to play some games that I've got coasters for. Trying. <laughs> trying. And failing. Oh, no. Miserably. <laughs> Why? Because uh, I can't stop playing Chivalry 2. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! I probably played about twenty-five hours. Right? Oh wow! Wow! Yeah. <laughs> In the last, when did I download it? I think the pre-weekend started on Friday or something like mm-hmm. that. So, um, I played for the free weekend, and I was like, "This is just dumb fun." Um, bought it using Microsoft Rewards points. Nice. Nice. It was on sale as well. That's, it's, um, it's almost like they planned that with that free weekend. <laughs> well, they've got Microsoft money, so you know that's all that matters. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's you know if you couldn't tell from the name, it's about Vikings and you know medieval times. Mm-hmm. It is a what do you call it massive multiplayer. I don't know if you would. I think you, you can get up to. Um, Battlefield uh, size teams. In fact, isn't Battlefield? Didn't that go up to like 128 at one time? It did. Battlefield, the new Battlefield, went up to 128. I think they've Battlefield has just re not recalled it, but they've just put out a new mode, which is only for 64, I believe. Yeah, because yeah, there it's not, utter not anarchy. People. Otherwise, mm. and there's not 128 people in the world playing Battlefield 2042 right now, probably. <laughs> um, so yeah, but. Uh, the, the biggest uh, multiplayer match that you can get on this is um, 64, so 32 versus mm-hmm. 32. Um, it's a, a hack and slash sword combat game. Um, and as you guys both know, I don't like multiplayer games, really. Mm. It's like gaming something that I do, I've said this a lot, all the time, something that I like to do on my own time, by myself, because I'm a recluse, and that's how I unwind usually, just with with games playing it that way um, when I do play multiplayer games I always have a good time but still <laughs> I'm just like you know I, I'm just thinking but I could just be doing this myself you know mm. <laughs> by myself um, but yeah this is this is a game where it, it's, it's it can be very cooperative I mean uh, most of the modes that you cycle through is uh, th- this classic team deathmatch, um, but most of the modes are okay. You're laying siege to this um, town of your like enemy faction, and you're having to, you know, plant explosives on ships, destroy trebuchets, uh, you know, burn down villages and pillage gold and stuff like that, and. One team's doing the attacking, the other team's doing the defending. And, yeah, I am never going to turn on voice chat because that is a notoriously bad community. Like, a lot of racists Mm. (laughs) playing that game. Mm. A lot of, um, not tiring with the same brush, but a lot of people from Eastern Europe who don't have, you know, um, very enlightened ideas about people from other races or disabilities or mm-hmm. sexual orientations. I mean... 
It's one of Just those the communities, is it? If you want, yeah. If you want to, you know, see tribalism at its best, and you know, um, so yeah, this. I'm never turning on voice chat, but it's a game where you don't have to turn on voice chat. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It's very cooperative in the way that you know you're all laying siege, you're all on the same team, um, and. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it is bedlam when you just get into a, uh, just like a massive brawl of like 15 people slashing at other people. And, um, you know, I've, <laughs> I've hit my teammates because there is like, you know, team, team damage. If mm-hmm. I hit another teammate, it's like, you know, they're going to not feel the same brunt of it as if it was an enemy player, but it's still like, a, they're still going to get their health knocked down a bit but um it, it, there's there's amongst the you know hysteria and chaos there is a bit of um you know tactical nous to it like surrounding surrounding enemies you know going two on one on one enemy and you know maybe uh what i was doing in the beginning was just like trying to go all out when i'm one on one with somebody or one on two with somebody it's like no take my time i think that's what i'm getting used to a bit more now is like take my time you know block repost and you know maybe hope that one of my teammates comes and saves me mm. um, but there are like you know times where you are in those individual battles where you are just one on one and the sword combat does have you know, a bit of um, bit of strategy to it, like you know, blocking at the right time, fainting at the right time, dodging at the right time, um, and when you're in those like one-on-one battles and you win them, it's really satisfying. Even if it's like I don't know how I did that, or that person's very bad, or I got lucky there, um, I kicked them into some spikes or kicked them off a boat or something like that. <laughs> uh, it, it's very satisfying, and when you go like one on two and you kill them both it's just like yeah you feel like a badass so mm. um yeah it's 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 got the it's it's very light-hearted and like you know and silly where you know you can just do battle cries whenever you want and i'm sure you can like customize them to do say really stupid things like i just shit my pants or something <laughs> like that <laughs> or i don't know who we're fighting for but hooray to him and just <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it, there is some you know there is some strategy to the to to the game that isn't just this mass massive brawl um, of just people just flying into uh, sword combat, which sometimes it is, and then when you you know uh, the, the the kind of objectives that that you have to do are in, are timed, and it's like sometimes that timing goes down to the wire. It's like okay. We need to do a massive push here and just get this done so we can move on to the next objective. Otherwise, we just lose the whole match. Mm. And yeah, the, when it comes down to the wine, it's just those clinch moments, and you can just. It, it does feel very collaborative and like uh, uh, like a real battle. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're on the. We're, we're, we're the, you know, front men just killing ourselves for these kings and queens and it's like yeah we're the ones who are just gonna get screwed over totally but you know we're all in this together let's do it you know have you you know brothers in arms kind of thing have you uh, we had um so it was a it was a week you were off Mm. uh, 25 episodes ago 
uh, episode hmm. 269 when we had Adam on um, and he chatted about Chivalry 2 and his experiences mm. with it and just how ridiculous it sounds. You know, not just in terms of its kind of, as you sort of said, in terms of uh, um, the game itself, but also kind of in its physics and, and things and how he was loving just running around and throwing stuff at, at people <laughs> and hitting them with fish or bread, you know, a, a giant baguette or something ridiculous like that that he picked yeah. up off a. Of, my throwing skills aren't that good, so I try and avoid that at all times. Like, I was playing in one class, because there's different classes, like a mm. support class and archers and stuff like that, um, where your kind of, like, uh, ability or buff or whatever that that has a, you know, cooldown and charges over time was, like, these oil bombs. Um, and when I was playing that class, I was, like, ended up just throwing it into, like... <laughs> A circle of my own people and just killing them, and it was just like red all over the screen, like minus one hundred points of all the people I killed. So I was like, I'm not going to play this class anymore because I'm just going to kill it. You're like, yeah, I'll, I'll take the guy with grenades and then just running around throwing them yeah. everywhere. Yeah, and I literally just throw it at my own teammates. So um, I, I, I started choosing the class that. It's like I can heal people. I, I'm, oh. I'm not a healer. Instead of killing my own uh, teammates, I can just throw med packs at them. So it's just like it's okay. Um, but yeah, it it, it 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 does have you know funny physicsy things. It works really well. Um, mm. It's not broken by any means. I I do have issues now and then where it's like. Okay, it doesn't save my customized character every time I go into a match, and I don't know why. And it's just like okay, I had to like uninstall the game and reinstall it today. Fortunately, it's only a 16 gig download. Um, so yeah, a little, little bit of, you know, strange things going on, but it works really well, like, and there's quite a lot going on, you know, mm. not just with the 64 players, but just like, the kind of environmental things, like blowing up the ships and, um, it is funny like, the first time that I realised I should have probably got off the ship before it blew up and my body got flung like... <laughs> All the way across the map, <laughs> Just, um, but yeah, it's it, it works really well. So pretty impressed by the whatever tech they're using. It looks nice, looks mm. really good. Playing on the Series X and the lighting's the lighting off my uh, armor that I've given my uh, Lady Warrior. Uh, it's all right. It's nice. Good. I, I I think Adam's playing on PC. It'd be interesting to know if there's sort of like crossplay. There is, as well, yeah. yeah, 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 good. Yeah, so and, um, in theory, you and Adam could get together and play a game. Yeah, theory. I don't know how that. In, yeah, I don't know if you'd like both have to initiate a match immediately. I don't know how many people are playing this game, so I don't know what the odds are of getting mm. into the same match at the same time. Um, but yeah, uh, it shows you if someone's playing on PC or console and. Obviously, the super nerds are playing on PC. Um, uh, you can disable crossplay. I haven't okay. tried it. I was like, mm, I, I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay doing this. If people are on PC, are better. It's one of those games where it's like, okay, I'm. You know, sometimes, sometimes I'm like all over the table. Sometimes I can be like bottom. Well, not quite bottom, bottom. Not that bad, but um, you know, so somewhere in the bottom third sometimes i'm like in the top four or five sometimes mm. I'm like mid table the whole match but 
it's one of those where it's, it feels like, okay, it doesn't matter how many kills or takedowns I get, there's, or how many points I rack up, because the points are only like, okay, I revived a player, I healed a player, I, you know, did some, you know, I did part of this objective, I killed this many players, or took down these many players, obviously the points are weighted in, you know, taking down, like, um, you know, to a revival state of a player, or just mm-hmm. killing them outright. Those are obviously what gets you the bigger points, but even just, okay, I'm gonna run over here into five, five you know, enemies, and just distract them, and just <laughs> get killed immediately. Just for, like, follow me! Planting bo- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst you lot are planting bombs over there. So it is just like, okay, that's not a count- gonna count as points, you know? But mm-hmm. it's still something I've done to help the team, so it's one of those which, like, not too worried about the, you know, leaderboard. Like Call of Duty, I'd be like, you know, pressing, you know, the select button every time to see, okay, where do I rank? If yeah. I'm not number one, I'm angry. I should be number one. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's Brilliant. good. Nice. I'm enjoying it. It's one of those where I can just switch my brain off, listen to a podcast. Um, not think about the world and just hack people to death. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> um, just to uh, uh, very briefly, um, I've had a very similar experience, but almost incredibly opposite. In that I've been playing a game where Surgeon Simulator is stitching uh, people together. <laughs> no, the well, back a game where people. I can just switch off uh, and mm. sort of listen to a podcast and stuff. I've gone back. To Mega Aquarium. Um, yeah. Yes, because I got a code for the new update, um, which I f- forget the name of. It's called Architects, something Architects and Engineers, or something mm. like that. Sounds like up your alley. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I saw that you could start making like <laughs> tunnels, and you know they had different sort of like tank types and things. And I played none of that. I've just hmm. been running back through the main campaign to get my, you know, to get grips with it again and remember what the fuck that game you know how to play that game um but it's such a such a chilled experience as we sort of had spoken about it before it's kind of not kind of like a passive game but you can sort of you know set a few things up and then leave it for a little while you know accrue kind of the points you need for getting new sort of species of fish and equipment and those kinds of things so it's been very easy very easy game to go back to but one that Mm. yeah i can just sit here and chill and listen to something in the background whilst playing that whilst doing emails or doing a little bit of work and and things like that Mm. in the evenings um so that's been a nice sort of change of pace from resi and you know everything else that i've sort of been uh been bashing away at um But yeah, that's kind of that and Resi 8 is still taking most of my kind of gaming time. Um, I did notice, I can't remember whether I mentioned this, there was a a trophy for beating the game in like three or four hours. And I think I'm, you know, uh, I don't know how long the game kind of as a standard is um, on a first sort of playthrough, but I'm like 10 hours in. And I'm nowhere near finishing well, it. I th- I th- oh, that's the I mark mean... of a game that actually grabs you. I yeah. mean, unless you're into speedrunning, I don't mean to yuck that yum. I just mean mm. generally, 
if there's stuff to do and you're taking longer than one of the like no, fast the, the, achievements, that's a good yeah, thing. That's, that's a f- yeah, in Resident Evil, they often put like, oh, do it in this much time. Mm-hmm. So many ink ribbons, uh, you know. Yes, so only save it like once. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas me in Resident Evil Two, it's like you have uh, D rank because you saved six thousand times. It's like, <laughs> of course I did. It's a survival yeah. horror game. What do you mean? Completely. And that's yeah. that's how I've been playing it. But I've got to a point where I'm, uh, um, I think I've killed the third kind of boss, um, and I'm now. Um, I've got an item which means that certain things have then become open to me, you know, pathways and, and stuff like this. Mm. So I'm kind of exploring a little bit now as well, you know, if we're going and finding the treasure and where all the upgrades and the, uh, you know, items and, and things like that are. So it's kind of one of those where I, I like being in this space. It's, it's very well detailed. It reminded me incredibly earlier of Metro Exodus as well, in, in just how yeah. well detailed yeah, yeah. That, that game was Same kind of aesthetic like snowy and gray. yes absolutely <laughs> yep exactly why it kind of it, it came to mind i was walking through sort of uh some bushes and mm-hmm. sort of the, it came across this kind of you know like a cliff area and you could see sort of all of the buildings in the background I'm like this is metro exodus this looks almost <laughs> identical to this this game um but yeah absolutely enjoying it it's gonna sit i think in the playstation for a while whilst I mm-hmm. just explore and explore and explore and explore and just not rush that game at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's me. That's all I've been playing. Adel, yeah. we'll, 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 mm. we'll come to you. What have you been up to the last sort of week or so? Not, not a lot, but it's sort of talking about putting on a podcast and losing time. Um, I've been doing that with Moonglow Bay. Oh, yeah. Um... But with these relaxation games and knowing gameplay mechanics, um, I caught myself in a trap, which is I don't particularly like the... (laughs) I wish. uh, I don't particularly like the cooking mini-games. They're okay. I got better at them. You unlock a new knife later in the game that is much harder to time... Uh, mini game such that mm-hmm. I like I can do everything pretty much it's just time right mm-hmm. it's not I almost never don't so basically if you get everything do everything correctly in the list of mini games uh, you get a three star thing if you fuck up a thing you get two star you fuck up a few things you get one star and with a filleting knife it's like a oh, okay, so a, a bar that just goes across it turns out it bounces back but if you yeah. don't time it to get into the green or you wait too long, it goes in the red. That's it, and it's okay, really I, quick. I, I've made up lore for this now, so because usually, you know, the more you cook, the better you get. Well, so so you... this is yeah. So I but... am better with the filleting knife after I unlocked it, mm-hmm. but I also realized one of the reasons that I was frustrated is because I I totally missed a thing, and I think this is a bit of the UI and the game not holding uh, your hand and you maybe a time UI. it should. There's an the auto UI. cook if you so. So if you so if you three star a recipe th- three times, you get one star on the recipe, and it, it sometimes unlocks a new recipe, which is a really good progression for cook these things, see if you unlock things. And sometimes if you three star the recipe, 
which turns out I've done the maths. It's nine three-star cookings. Um, that's right. I said nine. Um, <laughs> uh, you get you might you get three-star. You've mastered the recipe, and it often unlocks something. And some of the recipes are clearly like crab rice, and then any fish rice. You need to finish the crab crab rice all the way, master it to go to the intermediate rice bowl thing so there's like a progression in the recipes but sometimes it's just like we finished this you've unlocked that which is fine it gives you a a reason to craft the non-economically perfect recipes because like when you if you just if if you're halfway decent at mental arithmetic you'll be like well that thing's not worth it i'll never cook this thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i realized this and then the key is if you three star a recipe you can auto cook Mm. but and here's my top tip to three star the recipe you need to cook through the recipe nine times which means batch cooking is your enemy until Mm. you can auto cook right because what happened was i was like oh it turns out like you you can give your rest like one person wants um like tuna sashimi and if you give enough of those to them over a period of days You'll get a stamp in your book, and that's part of one of the quests, mm-hmm. presumably. Like, that's progression in the town. Um, but, of course, it's like, oh, this person wants that. I know I need five of these because or five, like, cause you give them five, and then they stamp your book. I'll just make five, which was yeah. one cooking towards my yes thing. Um, and when you unlock the fish market, you can buy upgrades to big, make bigger batches, which is great when it's like, oh, the town needs twenty grand. Oh, I've got a couple recipes that take any fish and make me one hundred and fifty. Luckily, I've bought uh, so I can batch cook twenty. So I just like yeah. queue up the random fish, buy some yeah. from the fish market. Bam, I'm a millionaire. I don't have to worry about money. I've upgraded my whole town. <laughs> oh like, no, he's doing the Animal Crossing. Thing. Well, so this is what I was going to say. This is when I realized I was doing that thing I do, and I had spent like hours of game time grinding the recipes so that I would never cook again, but unlocking more recipes which were more efficient. Mm. So I ground those out, and it's like. Why did I like this game anymore? What am I doing? I get just lost the plot of my relaxation game, and it was just like staring yeah. at the fucking thing for hours. And I was like, I don't, I don't the like this. I like going in my boat, picking up lobster thing. traps, and netting things. I don't even like to fish anymore. I like net fishing more You've than just regular got a fishing. Massive trawler out in the sea, you yeah, know, spilling oil, just dredging up the, ba- <laughs> the, the sea bed. Um, yeah, you see, I thought um, the knife skills uh, would get harder, but. Now that you said that, it's, you know, cooking more advanced recipes. Maybe she's doing, like, you know, fugu, like blowfish, and she's just... I mean, there is... right, otherwise you yeah. poison the whole time. Well, I like the idea of you got a new knife, and now re- new recipes require that knife at different points, yeah, and it is different. Also, they've done a neat thing where the chopping mechanic is basically... Uh, you're, you've got a circle, and your thing slowly progresses around the circle, and you've got bars that you have to time hitting a button to chop but it's the only of the original uh, mini games that has changed which is it'll go all the way around and then bounce and come back mm. uh, and sometimes bounce three times and I was like oh, that's neat because it's a little longer kind of annoying but also they tend to have different placements and maybe two or three bars in the more advanced ones and it, there's mm-hmm. enough of variety that it didn't feel it felt better but then yeah. it makes washing which is like you've got a thick green blue oh sorry a thick 
blue rectangle that slowly moves around, and you've got mm. your thin yellow rectangle that has to stay within it. And it just it's just 20 seconds of slowly track. Like, it's not hard. It's just time-consuming, which yeah. I think it'd be fine if you weren't some asshole who tried to conquer all the recipes <laughs> in one sitting. Um, because then I was just like, fuck, washing takes forever. Yeah, she just wanted to in- invigorate the town, not, like destroy it through, you know, mass fishings, but... Um... Uh, I think she does, if you... Uh... <laughs> oh, I'm gonna do right by my loved one. I will destroy the ocean <laughs> that she loved so much. Um, it's... Th- th- this talk of kind of, like, cooking, it, it got me um, thinking we, we commented on and saw a trailer uh, during E3 time um, for that kind of um, that cooking narrative game about uh, an Indian mum who moves oh, to yeah. Canada with her family, um, another I've, Canadian game. Yeah, yeah, and I've I've just g- g- tried to find it and googled it. Yeah, Vember. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I've I completely forgot what it was called. I'm glad you knew, Lucy. Thanks. I could have just said it rather than having to t- sit here and try and find it through <laughs> Google. Um, but now now I know that you know. Cooking for you, Adol, in games is both a joy and an absolute excruciating experience. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna find some code for it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I think it's developer developed and published by Vizai Games. What I, what I give I do them a shout. Like is uh, those very crappy mobile games. They put a ton out of them on Switch as well. But um, ones where you just. You're not even cooking. That's more cook, serve, delicious, and stuff like that. But just, just where you're just pressing number, just pressing buttons to like assemble burgers. And it's just yep. Like, those always, those are always cathartic to me. So. Yeah. yeah, it's like what if what if a rhythm game, but you didn't have to have rhythm. <laughs> yeah. Which Can I, I interest you in <laughs> this? <laughs> the I cooking am game. Deaf, so I can't, I can't play from games practically. So you like, know, rhythm isn't about tone. It's about yeah, timing. Yeah, yeah, I don't have that either, so I'm useless. In yeah, I've seen your audio way. files. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Play that back to me backwards, and I'm just like, this sounds fine. <laughs> <laughs> Eight times speed, like the same time. Yeah, this is, this is everything's okay. everything's fine. Just every yeah. computer's on fire, speakers <laughs> are just in, up in flames. It's, it's fine. That's um, fine. Uh, good. Has anyone got any other games that they want to mention uh, before we kind of jump into new beers I'll, or launch into, you know? I'll briefly talk about Subway Midnight because it's one of those that I mm. did echo for around Halloween. Um, yes. I think it's called Subway Midnight. I was getting mixed with Midnight Subway Subway. I think it's Subway Midnight. And it was like the perfect game to start around um, Halloween because it's it's this. I don't know how to describe it because I'm not that far in it. And to be honest, the start of the game, I was like, "Am I? What am I doing? Am I doing something wrong?" But you basically start on this um, subway um, train car. It's very. It, I love the the style of it. It's it, it's it's very like dark neon ish, and it, it's got this kind of Paper Mario look to the character and like the way they move, and mm. it looks like this little cardboard cutout moving around these more three D environments. So mm-hmm. it's got a great look to it, but 
the start of the game you're going through these train cars and it's like okay I'm going through these train cars nothing's happening it's very dark and eerie and moody and atmospheric but am I looking for something is something meant to be happening and it's like okay I'll keep going on to the next you know going through the the car keep moving in through the car and it's like this feels like an infinite train and then you get to like the subway station and then you're moving around this empty subway station it's like what am I doing and it's like kept going went back onto like a subway car and it's like there's nothing here it's like, <laughs> really it's like yeah and it's like what am I doing unless the game bugged or something <laughs> I'm just like what am I doing what am I doing and that's Try to go to the Steam like community page and not try and look for spoilers or anything. Just like start the game, just like what am I doing? And it's just like a lot of people are like praising the game that they like it, so it's like obviously there's something there. But I was just like, or these people obviously. <laughs> I think these people have like followed the development and it's like they were really excited for the game, so they're just like it's awesome. Yeah, they're just like I just want to know what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I, I I eventually got to a place where it's like. Okay, I think I'm saving the dead souls of children. Um, I think, <laughs> I think like each set of like train cars has like this. I don't. I, I mean, they're very abstract puzzles. I get. I guess one was more platformy, where it's like hmm. there's this ghost shark on the train, and it's like I'm having to navigate around the ghost shark, and it's like okay, and. As I say, it's very, very strange. I love the vibe of it, and that is what will keep me going. I'm mm-hmm. gonna, I want to get back to it, but it's like I'm not sure what to make of it right now. It's yeah. very, it's very strange, and that's that start. It's like, what am I, what am I playing? It's like, am I playing a game right now? Like incredibly slow start yeah. to, to to something. Did it did it build tension in any way? Is it or was it yes, literally absolutely. just you're wandering around going, what am I meant to be doing? Yeah, and I guess that is if if it wasn't a video game, you're like looking for interaction and something to do because you know we're 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 wired that way. Yeah. It's just like, what am I doing? But yeah, absolutely, it definitely builds up that tension. It's got you know the sound of like the 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 you know wheels scraping on like the you know the rails and stuff mm. like that. Like the the sound that you hear, like the swaying back and forth of the train cars as they're going along. It's it's very the sound design is really good, um, and yeah, atmospherically it's it, it, you know it's gripping. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna look into this a bit more because uh, it's one of those like because I think I was playing it and around the time that I was um, starting Inscription and you know that grabbed me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like but but I want more. Okay, some weird, weird games where you're not quite sure what's going on. Um, so yeah, I think this will definitely fit that mold when I start playing Shivery too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, nice. it looks interesting. So. Yeah, absolutely. I love how kind of mm-hmm. the you know a lot of it is super dark. At least mm-hmm. from what you see in kind of the trailer, lots of it is really dark, really dark, and then suddenly you just have these uh, fantastic splashes of color mm-hmm. to, to certain sort of scenes or, or, or things to be determined what those bits actually are I suppose um, but yeah it's got this like psychedelic kind of mm-hmm. look to it almost and the way that sort of some of the you know images kind of twist and turn and, and those kind of things the way that they've used sort of the camera and that uh, as well definitely brings that vibe to it so yeah it's like yeah. super interesting looking game the, the lighting's great as well so 
Mm. So yeah, it's one of those that I'm actually grateful that I'm going in pretty blind into, um, even to the point where I'm just like, <laughs> for the first ten minutes, I had no idea what I was meant to be doing. Um, so yeah, looking forward to seeing what the hell is going on with nice. those ghost children. <laughs> mm. <laughs> good, good. Um, let's then move on. We'll open some more beers. Uh, Lucy, are you, are you having another beer, Lucy? Are you, are you sticking with the pocket uh, rocket as it's, a, as it's a, a big old little boy? I've still got half a glass there. I'll okay. see, I might, I might duck out and get, a, mm-hmm. get another beer in a bit. Sure. Um, and speak about it at the end of the podcast. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Uh, Adam, what uh, are you yes. having next? I'm having the Athena Double Dry Hopped Pale. Uh, it's by Alpha Delta. Uh, nice. Who are... Where are they from? Um, Chester. Uh, Newcastle <laughs> upon <Yeah>. time. <laughs> there we go. Uh, five percent, three hundred thirty mil. Here. Uh, one of those odd. We're gonna say it's double dry hopped, but not tell you of what. But uh, I mean, obviously the Alpha Delta. I find it weird because that's not a it's capital not, alpha. It's not the new COVID alpha variant. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if, like, uh, anything with Greek letters is now suddenly getting less. Mm, yeah. Every Always company. that up, so long. Yeah. yeah, every company is getting really twitchy right now, aren't they? Just, oh, you oh, can't be associated with this right now. Um, nice, nice. Alphadel are always... Always very good. Um, mm-hmm. I then am going to open up a beer from Overtone. Oh, ooh, this is called Pure Magic. It's an 8.5% double IPA. Um, magic number series. Three beers for three years. Um, this is a triple dry hopped with three hugely distinctive hops. Pleasantly thick mouthfeel with a multitude of flavours from creamy peach and mango, lemon and lime to grassy and dank. So again, another bit of trying to give you absolutely everything. Um, the hops of Motueka, Galaxy, and Strata. And that's everything. Cool. And again, uh, as as with Polly's, everything I had from uh, Overtone this year has been kind of like top notch. Really, yeah. really good beers. Yep. I really enjoy them. Yeah. Mm. And both breweries again super simple can art but like as soon as i saw this I'm like oh like what's that and like i turned a... it very slightly i'm like yes it's over turn i'm gonna buy it <laughs> looks like a um one of those fireworks wheels what do they call them a catherine wheel yeah the catherine mm, it does it does yes so i'm gonna pull this november what a simple time. <laughs> <laughs> what, the, November 2001? Yeah, probably. probably incredibly Even just simple. this November, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adol, we'll come back to you for uh, Athena. I think it was called, was it? Uh, yes, Athena. Uh, so, less murky and hazy, but still quite a yellowy straw colour. Um thicker head but a, just just about a finger mm. a poured quite strong um i think maybe it might just be my arm <laughs> today but um oh getting that nitro effect just chuck it all in 
Yeah, who needs a fancy new Guinness whatever stupid technology they've got late, <laughs> lately? Have you seen the weird? I need to try that one day. Well, the so at-home draft thing, the net evolution of the widget. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. you, but it needs special cans. You have to pay 25 quid for the magic thing, and then you need to get special cans Is in order to make the perfect... Surge? I was putting it yeah. in Google, and I was like, that sounds like the stupid name that <laughs> oh yeah that sounds like someone came up with a way of, of giving you draft oh type my God. Um, Guinness at home and then the and then the advertising people were like oh we've got to sell it as I was like no people who want Guinness at home at draft quality are not looking for Nitro Surge yeah, maybe they like, are I don't know it looks like a dumbbell with a nozzle on it yeah it's very strange looking device but apparently it's very it's. I mean, it, it's incredibly close to draft. I mean, that's the thing. I was about to say, all kidding aside, to get something that's like you know actually tastes like something that's been on draft, that would be all right. The only thing is, like, Dennis, I just want the Guinness though, which is <laughs> hey, a fine beer. Like, mm-hmm. if there's nothing else in a pub, I will always just review. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 Guinness a reliable no beer. Water. Yeah, so yeah, let me put a polys in, <laughs> you know, pour that out from my nitro surge. Yeah, it is proper manly I mean, kind of you yeah. know, advertising. It's one um, as well. I'm surprised there isn't TM after it. Is it is, the oh, F, yeah, is, is it a capital S? <laughs> nitro surge. Nitro surge. <laughs> it does look. It looks goofy, but you know, I would like that. I would like to get, um, you know, nitro. Imagine that nitro. If I could nitro every stout, yeah. everything, absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Water, milk, say, just all, all of it. Yeah, nice yeah it's like a it's like a beer soda stream, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, um, what was I talking about? This yeah, beer, that also, beer. <laughs> it comes in a thirty-three milk can. I didn't really talk about it. It's it's fun little art. Um, yeah, it's got a lovely, slightly citrus, so that might be from the citra that I had earlier. But um, and tropical, I want to say closer to passion fruit, maybe a touch of mango on the nose. Hmm. And then something else that's drying it. I'm not sure what that is. Oh, there's sweetness there. Well, oh, it's a really complex nose. Probably because it's double dry hopped, Adil. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> it's really, really lovely smelling. Uh, in fact, it's been a while since I've sm- smelt uh, such a nuanced beer. I've had a mm. run of like really simple beers that t- smell exactly like they taste, and they taste quite like less journeyful, we'll say. Again, mm-hmm. nothing wrong. Just like the last few beers I've had in, in the last week or so have been very um, much of the same that same style. And this is clearly not. I'm getting a little malt off there too. Um, yeah, it's really excellent. Nice, nice. It looks very sort of straw, a little bit, just a, just a touch hazy. Yeah, I was gonna say it's. I think a little more yellow than the last one, mm. but only just. And I think that it just looks a little darker because it's less hazy. Okay. So the liquid has a bit more depth through it. Yeah, like you can. You still can't really see shadows through it. It just doesn't have that like milky haze that the last one did. Mm. Um, 
The last uh, it was it was uh, the pocket rocket which noted oats in. Did the did the salt bin have oats in as well? I'm just just wondering if maybe that's what's you know maybe missing from the it al- does Alpha have Delta. Oats in it. Yeah, yeah, does the Alpha Delta have oats in? Is that what's missing? Is that what's not giving that extra kind? No, of... No, it has oats in it. It does as well. Okay, okay. I mean, it up, might man. be the amount. Of, it might be the sheer number of oats. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's almost like they should give us the recipe just so we can armchair reach. All of them. Every beer yeah. should tell us exactly the quantities of things that are in them. Um, on the taste, um, it does actually taste quite similar. Hmm. The malts are still there. It's it's Something's drying me out at the end. Most of the finish is a little dry, and then... Well, there's something there I can't quite place. Okay. Um, but on the taste... Getting a slight sweetness, almost kiwi-like. Hmm. So I think it's the tropical coming with that with a light sweetness with a bit of a tang. Mm-hmm. Probably what, what's bringing me to kiwi. It's quite... Compared to the last one, even though I think this one is 5%, so it's... It's uh, more alcoholic, but it's it's thinner in mouthfeel and texture. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a bitter finish. Um, it's drying me out. Uh, it's got a lovely. It's very beery. Uh, the, but I think its actual main taste is 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 more reserved. Okay. Like in the sense of it's, it's, it's I'd say more reserved. Um, yeah. Whereas the last bit was lighter. This one is yeah. more reserved. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's got that light kiwi on the finish. The main taste is kind of that tropical that's there in the nose is there, but barely. Like I'm looking for it. Mm-hmm. And there's almost no citrus notes. There's a slightly floral um, note as well. And then I can't tell what this. There's. There's a note in the bittering that I can't quite figure out. I think it's because whatever's happening is it's drying out as well. I'm getting distracted okay. by that. But yeah, it's um, this is definitely one of those. So I remember I said on the first beer, you could hand it to someone who does who doesn't like IPAs. Mm. This is a thing you couldn't hand to someone who who casually drinks lagers as a beer drinker because it because it does mm. it is drying my mouth out. It's bitter. Again, not like punch your face bitter, but like that's that's the finish. The finish is this light, very present, long bitter, dry mouth feel. So you kind of feel parched and want to go back again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think because it's kind of light, it's hard to tell how much is my palate hasn't accustomed to it. But I think that's all I want to say about it now. But I might sure. interject later if if it seems that the citro was sort of interfering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Lucy, we note you've uh, gone and picked yourself up uh, another beer. I will just give a quick note on this nose, so I can actually yeah, start sure. drinking uh, the overtone. Yeah, um, it's it's definitely got one of those more earthy, uh, um, you know, ripe fruit noses. And I know on the back it sort of said it was going to take me through a few different flavors, but the nose at least very very light. But it just has that touch of you know more ripe kind of mango. That slightly earthy note to it. So we'll see if that's what comes across more in the flavour in a moment. Uh, but Lucy, what are you opening? You can, you can drink yours first. If no, you I, I'll drink it while you're telling me what you're opening. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
was like, no point, you know, just letting it sit there. But yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, this is a Omnipolo beer. It's barrel aged Mammut, which uh, might stand for something in another language. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what it is, uh, but it um, is Mammut. Mammut. M A M M U T. Hmm. So, uh, linguists tell me what that means. Um, but yeah, it's got coconut, vanilla, hazelnut in it. Um, oh, it's an imperial stout, by the way. 12% for, from all the nitro talk. I was like, you know. <laughs> like, fuck it, this a one. stout in the fridge. Yeah. 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 I was like, I had a siren beer. I think that was a red IPA and, the, and this. And I was like, you know what? Let's crack open this nice. day. Yeah, yeah. Good. I'm so tired today. Stayed up till like 4am, I don't know why, watching um, the Waypoint guys play Finish Inscription. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm knackered, and <laughs> this will just... I'll be out. See you out. This podcast. Yep. yep. So I'm going to have a good sleep tonight. Perfect. Just what you need. Um... So this overtone, the flavour on it, that nose does it, it pretty much give you a lot of what the the, the flavour is. Um, it's sort of on the back. It does say you'll get um, sort of creamy peach and mango, lemon and lime, grassy and dank. Definitely getting that very ripe stone fruit flavour, leaning into. That danker, earthier, yeah, not not quite as fresh as maybe grassy, but it's it's, it's a little bit earthier to me uh, than than grassy. But it definitely moves from that you know r- really ripe sort of mango into that lovely dank kind of earthy finish. It's it's very much of these more uh, you know twenty twenty one double IPAs, you know the, the the more modern IPAs than the juice bombs of old. Um, but it's as with Adelsberg, it is a little bit reserved. You know, everything in this, all of the flavours, and there is a little bit of lime uh, cutting through uh, kind of underneath everything, but everything is just pulled back just that little bit. It's not a big flavour. It's not hitting me massively. It's kind of just allowed to unfold slowly through the through the flavours and, and I think is very telling of just a very well-made beer, but also that they have sat and gone right. You know, it's triple dry hot. Not a big nose on it. Again, very reserved in kind of what's coming through. A um, little bit of a sort of a thick mouth. You know, it almost gives you sort of uh, what they have sort of described in it. A little bit, little bit different. But It's kind of one of those where you sort of want to sit and it's, you know, that mouthfeel being slightly thicker and all of these flavours being that little bit more reserved, it feels more luxurious. So it's not quite, it doesn't feel like a dipper. It's not like a bam, here is all of that flavour hitting you in the face. It's much more of a, ooh, this is, it is a bit of a bigger kind of beer, but that comes through more in the thickness of the mouthfeel. And all of those flavors are just work very very well in in the flow to make you just think oh yeah this is 
This is so, very, very smooth. Um, it just is, is luxurious. I think that's definitely mm-hmm. the word to describe this beer. Mm-hmm. Hell of a word. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Lucy. Yes. Luxurious. This smells luxurious. It doesn't look luxurious. Um, it is, you know, just... It's thick, just black. But mm. um, what doesn't look luxurious, like... It had it poured with a slight, you know, very tiny head, which is, you know, um, it, it sort of had like a brownish, it looked like digestive biscuit coloured. Mm. And now it's just like, it's dissipated, but it's like, you know when you like cook a stew and you get like a bit of scum at the top? <laughs> and that's, what, <laughs> yeah. that's, what, that's sort of what it looks like. Like there's just, there's a few bubbles just hanging around on the top and it's just, it's very off-putting looking. Oh, yeah. It, but let's see how it tastes. Close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Despite what it looks like, that's a damn good beer. Nice. Oh gosh, I mean, I think by just how rich and luxurious it is, there's that word again. Um, I think you can tell this is a bigger beer. But twelve percent, nah, you 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 can't tell that. Um, mm. Strength wise, I think by how rich and chocolate chocolatey and how much depth it's got, I think that would you'd be like, this is twelve percent. It's like, oh yeah, okay, I get it from from that sense, but not from like the boozy alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. It's got a nice thickness to it, but it's not too. Um, it's not like the stout that I had on um, when we recorded our end of the year podcast on Saturday, which was very oily and slick. It's got mm. it's got a nice bit of heft to it, a nice mouthfeel without feeling too oily and cloying, um, yeah. which is good. And the thing that I like the most about it is you can taste that hazelnut. You absolutely can. It's it's not something that like creeps in in the background or you know develops over time it's it's very much on the front foot in this beer and it's like i love nuts and hazelnut is in anything is nice really so mm. to get that in such abundance here is really nice um nice let me let me have a sip i could talk about this shit. <laughs> that's it talk so much you don't actually drink mm. it yeah, I was about to say, has it got um, vanilla in it? And it does. It's got a, like, a little bit of sweetness from that vanilla. It's also got coconut in it, um, which I'd say hazelnut is definitely the most predominant um, mm-hmm. flavour, the nut flavour in it. So coconut's just probably there, giving it a little bit more creaminess and just um, enhancing it a bit. Yeah, just heightening that yeah. sweetness, perhaps. Yeah. But it's not overwhelmingly sweet. It's it, it, it's very manageable. It's like okay, I shouldn't drink this too quickly, but I I, I still possibly could. Whereas you know the stat I had the other day, it's like this is one to last, and you know could very much last a long time. Um, this this is dangerous because God, it's so tasty. You just want to keep going back for it, but. You know the strength. You know that you know it's twelve percent. But 
yeah it's got a nice warming to it but not too it's not a you know scalding or burning alcohol heat heat that hits you at the back of um, your throat it's mm-hmm. it's just so good um, I mean Omnipolo yeah barrel aged probably why it's got a lot of depth in it as I said looks terrible in the glass and it's still leaving like some of that scum <laughs> on the rim of the glass as I drink more of it but don't let that put you off it's 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 very good it's fantastic I beautiful really like this Nice, mm. nice. Um, yeah, it doesn't have that kind of. Sorry, one more thing. No, 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 no <laughs> it please. Doesn't like, it doesn't have that like kind of plummy, like licorice kind of sweetness to it, which it has. It very much has that kind of like biscuity kind of Moorish, mm-hmm. um, more slightly more bitter taste to it, which I like in my stout. So. Yeah, I, this is good. I'm good. Glad, I made the right decision. Thank you for talking about nitrile surge. <laughs> um, sorry for this. It's really good. Really, 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 really good. Amazing. Good, good. Mm. Um, let's then talk about something else that's really, really, really good. Uh, I'm going to update the um, Twitch details just in case people are coming across us as we're recording so they can see that we're now going to be talking about inscription. Um, if listener viewer you have not played inscription come play inscription uh we're gonna have a big chat now all about it and not leaving any well we might leave stuff out but we're gonna be delving deep into every single thing every nook and cranny um i don't think i've discovered all the things absolutely not neither have i there was there was probably so much of this game that i didn't see well, that's why I've been so like uh, wrapped up in like watching other people play um, to see what they find out and stuff. Yeah, especially like neurotic people, like the people on Waypoint who are just like uh, wanted to get everything, uh-huh. you know, perfect and find everything. Where it's like I didn't take that path, but um, it, it it rewards you for whatever you do. Really, it's like you don't want to see much of the game, then that's fine. But it's like if you want to dig deeper or. Um, do a lot of things but it's like you can just stumble on those things without even knowing without I'm sure we all had different kinds of playthroughs and tactics and... can I um ask you guys all played it on Steam right yes mm-hmm. or is it even on anything on else yeah. yeah can you tell me how many achievements you unlocked on your playthrough because I'm just curious before we start going into the details like whether we all sort of Cranked through with this much because uh-huh. the achievements roughly is a notion of I found things or I did yep. things in a way. Right? There's the thirty achievements. I got twenty two. Mm. Jeez, uh, I got twenty three. Oh, <laughs> Lucy's like I got seventy five. What? Well, how? It's gonna be like I got twelve or something. Hold on, let me have a look. <laughs> Why is it? Yes, I should be signed in. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh no, I'm so please. interested to see if we. Oh, there's no because the, they're hidden. I wait no, I have that, five hidden achievements, and then two I know what I I could go back and do. Yeah, so I'm I'm similar. Those I've got six hidden achievements uh, with, yeah. with two. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm the most erotic. <laughs> yeah, the two there's the two that 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 they tell you about, right? I mean, the two left. I'm assuming are the like angle, angle and angled. F- card from the yep. angler take one back from the uh, angler yep. and then 
double up uh, an experiment with the mycologist? Yeah, so I so allow the mycologist to experiment on a creature that is already itself an experiment. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I again, I use the mycologist a, a couple of times in a couple of run-throughs um, to to make sort of you know hybrid cards and things like that. Never even thought you know to to well, to, to try and give them because because it's very difficult. Especially with what you're presented through, uh, um, kind of a run, a run it, w- within this kind of this first within Act One. Well, I yeah, let's, let's actually talk about um, how Act One was, uh, and then and then that'll shed light on why I think it's really hard unless you're gunning for it to get the mycologist twice on a card because mm. like, Act One's the roguelike, mm-hmm. and this is the what you wake up in a cabin essentially. No, wake up, right? You, you oh, play the game. The game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you he rolls out a map and you move your little guy around up a track and you build a shitty deck into a better deck through winnings and picking fire... What is it? Like, I, I, I haven't played it in a while, so like, there's various different nodes that are clearly upgrades versus yep. fights. Mm-hmm. Very Again, I, I, I think it's very Slay the Spire. I don't think it's... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's really like dodging that at all. They're just like this. This is the template we're going to do yeah, it. I mean, I mean the Yu-Gi-Oh reference later on. He's obviously like you know. Yeah. He loves card games clearly, yeah. and he's just bringing. I just yeah. Right. I just mean the roguelike meta game, the mm-hmm. roguelike part, and then the actual. <laughs> but the actual game itself is is like we've talked about it before. It's this grid where you have four spots. And they have four spots, and whatever you put down and will attack whatever spots in front of them, and mm-hmm. you get to see what the enemy is going to plan. So you could not put, you, so you you get foresight; they don't. It's asymmetric that way, um, and you try and win. And if you win, you if you get to certain nodes, you can upgrade um, your cards, or get rid of cards, or get new cards. Um, uh, and then if you I lose, I assume anyone who's listening to this and. They already played the game. Obviously. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. So, yeah. Well, or or they don't care about spoilers. But like, yeah. what I was going yeah, go to go to. It's good to explain. Yeah. Um, what explain. I was just going to touch on this act one is, uh, on the mechanics is when you die, you basically pick a card. You make a card that is like you. Mm-hmm. There's like a death mm-hmm. card which goes into a pool that you find out later exists in the world. I but you make a death card and you get to say it's it's like. Um, you pick a casting cost, uh, power toughness, and and, and abilities of three cards in your deck as you died. Yes. So the better your deck, the better this card is. And it comes with you? No. No, no. It, no, it just goes into the can, pool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that you can pick up from the, yeah. you know, places on the map. Yeah, so it, it become, goes into the pool and then you can uh, maybe yeah. get it later. But I, then you I lose all your cards. Making, I started making my cards really... When I died, I was like, I'm going to make it, like, really low-powered, because I assumed they're going to all be fighting against me, and that only happens once in, like, one fight. Usually it was like, okay, uh, you actually get... You can actually pick these cards and put it in your deck. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to make all strong characters now. Because I knew, I knew, I was like, okay, these are going to be fighting against me. Yeah. Um, This can't be too obvious. There's there's a moment later in, in sort of the final part as well where you fight against um, a, a robot, free, yeah. yeah. But you're yeah. as as uh, they're acting as Golly, 
trying to connect yeah. to the internet and they're oh, like you yeah, should make a card yeah. you should make a card for a friend and i'm like cool let's make uh, let's try and make the most overpowered card possible and, and see what i can That's actually right. do and yeah. then it was like sorry can't connect to the internet you can have this card and i'm like brilliant and just fucking destroyed oh, with it yeah. Yeah. Mm. see mine actually did find another player Oh, oh really? really? Yeah. Oh, I assumed that was like part of the mechanic. Let's oh, uh, I think it's literally finding someone else playing the game at that time. Oh, at that time. So I think I think I want to save Act Three talk because I just want to talk about mm. Act One, yep. Two yep. and Three in order because I think that'll help build things up. So I just wanted to say with Act One, you lose your cards mm. and you basically so. And then you start again, and like you, there's certain things you get better at. You can get items and things, but it's quite roguelite. But that's why getting the mycologist twice in the same run is isn't guaranteed. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that achievement's actually a thing you kind of have to gun for because the card you upgraded ain't coming back to you on the next run. Well, there's there's some cards again which are I think uh, um, it's. Because you've you've got to use two cards to merge together. Yeah. So yeah, the same. Uh, I again, you've got to, you'd have to hit the mycologist three times, and have four say four ants. So you do two three ants times. on the first one, two yeah. ants on the second one, and then you'd have to merge on that third one the two. Oh it's yeah, be the you're same right. Yeah. Card. So I there must be. About that part. And again, there must be a card in the deck which is an experiment in itself. Which you I can get to so. put I through. I think it's a case of if you know what you if you know yeah. what you're going to do, you will just. I think it might be a bit of RNG and also. I think it's, it's gunning like, for it and getting the right maps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just like so, you. Yeah, yeah you you do a run for that. We, none of us have it because it's like I think it's down to RNG and playing the it first time, knowing that I'm going to gun for the mycologist every single time. Yeah. In every single run. Yeah, and mm. so uh, presumably it's like whatever, it's your starting cards, right? Mm. You're like, okay, well, one of the, I'll merge two and then I'll have one left, yeah. but also I'll buy it at the shop, so I'll take this path. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, you might exactly. not end up being able to get mycologist, mycologist and shop, but that's mm-hmm. probably the way to do it minimally, right? But like, yeah, that's, or like you said, RNG or hacking the game. Um, but outside of that, game you can just stand up and wander about and solve puzzles that give you cards that stay in your deck permanently if you can figure them out in the cabin yeah so yeah. I, my my initial thought when i was playing through this you know having her a few rumblings from the both of you was kind of like i'm like well this is it right this is the game mm-hmm. that, that, that i've yeah. got to work out how to get out of the Cabin. cabin this is this is part of you know all the puzzles around the room and there's lots of stuff within the room which you kind of don't do anything with uh, um, there's like a mace and a hammer bolted onto the wall and stuff that which i didn't yes so you don't yeah. use it at that yeah, that point and stuff like this and it comes later and i'm walking around this cabin for fucking ages <laughs> like, right how do i do this what do i need what have I got to do? What's this plant for? Where am I putting this plant? Cool, I'll put this plant down here. What's this? Oh, now I've got this. And, I, and, and you, It's one of those where you could just get lost in that first bit and then do what I kind of did and an act two happens and I'm like, oh, fuck. 
this this oh shit it's all right game. yeah yeah i was like why is this pokemon now i don't want to play pokemon <laughs> i play pokemon uh, it was definitely magic the gathering but like so in in the cabin uh, i cuz i'm neurotic as soon as i found out there were things i tried to solve all the things as quick as possible yes but it there's and it was like a bit like right like banging your head against things cuz i didn't know enough about the game cuz i hadn't progressed enough but that meant when I got to the later parts of Act 1, mm-hmm. I was like, ah, because I figured out how to solve this puzzle, which was actually, like, all the puzzles in all in the three acts in the environment mirror mechanics in the game. Yeah. Mm. And the idea, I assume, is you learn the mechanic, you play with it, then you go and you're like, ah, this is how I solve this puzzle. Well, I fucking figured out how to solve the puzzle, and then when I saw the mechanic, I was like, I got it, because <laughs> yeah, I'm an that, idiot. But also, like, like it... You can do it allows both, way. yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and so you like find out that there are four beings and Leshy, the guy who's I don't know testing you, is one of them. He's like the weird swamp man, and there's a computer, and then there's a magician and a thumb zombie lady. Yeah, um, yeah, and you like go through the thing and then you end up having to fight them all in battle boss battles on your roguelike run and then you you wins you get them all and then you're an act two and the game is different you're yeah. in a top-down rpg with a collectible <laughs> card game yeah it's um yeah i i, I mean i i played this before I, I didn't want to give any spoilers away from you two but yeah i appreciate that when people say like oh there are acts to this game I didn't even know that it's like um, I think saying oh yeah there are three acts to it um, is probably the nicest way of saying like look keep going with it through the roguelite thing yes. and you know you'll find other things but I actually think not even saying there's three acts because yeah. like by the time I you finish act I wouldn't say that to other people I yeah i think just saying there's a so there's a big change and you won't not know it's a big change yeah mm-hmm. but i didn't even know that at that point yeah. so no like what is it? but again the crumbs the crumbs for something more are there when you when you pick up the cards the ones uh, you know the one-eyed wolf is obviously mm-hmm. magnificus and uh the the stoat yeah. is um you know po3 and and, and stuff like you know that they're, they're baked in to sort of this early part of the game and again I, I was there thinking well this is it right this is all it's kind of going to be and I, I would have been happy with that like I, I really enjoyed that first act or that first part of the game where you're trying to beat sort of Leshy and how you uh, progress through kind of with that um, yeah. but it's it, not necessarily kind of like mind blowing but for it to then become in act 2 a much larger experience you know suddenly you're not just playing with a beast deck yeah there's there's four decks each with very different yeah i was uh, i wanted mechanics. to ask um so i went with the um bone deck that's uh, the um, one i want to do in my playthrough that i'm doing now <laughs> with with the zombie deck mm-hmm. um i i struggled with it at first Mm-hmm. Um, and went and uh, um, kind of because you can go and defeat her or go back to defeat Leshy in Act Two, um, and I tried to yeah. beat her with my bone deck. And I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to go and smash up Leshy and stuff, and, and then get that beast deck, and then have that combined kind of deck to go back to yeah. um, to, to to beat this, that. So. so 
So the main mechanic here is as you finish fights or go to places, you can get cards via packs and you get a random set of cards. It's Magic the Gathering, right? Like it's or Pokemon. Not, it's Pokemon. I mean it's not, not everything's it, magic. They they literally refer to things like Moxon, which are Magic the Gathering the it's most Pokemon. expensive. I don't, I don't know what a Mox is. Yeah. I've heard you talk about magic if you never mentioned the Mox. <laughs> uh, it's because the Mox are extremely <laughs> expensive, uh, like two thousand dollar cards. Um, uh, but so the yeah, so I like that it's like there are four decks. There's like the the blood sacrifice deck that's very similar to how you started. There's the bone de- in Act One. There's the bone deck. And then there's this, like, robot deck and this magic deck. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting, what I thought really was really interesting is they called it four different decks, but, of course, you can't win Act 1 without playing Bone Blood. Yep. Right? Because you just that's, you get these cards and you use them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, there you'll, and, and so because of that, even if you don't know that, like, in games like Magic or Pokemon... You almost the stronger decks are always the ones that you try and make out of like p- making the trying to minimize the weaknesses of one color or type and and get, take the strengths of another one. It's usually multicolored decks, right? Mm-hmm. And by the design of Act One, you immediately understand in Act Two, even if you've never played one of these games, that you're probably best off at least in the beginning trying to like cobble something stronger together which yeah, is what absolutely. Ben was saying because, because they're kind of separate currencies as well Yeah, you almost have two strategies to play on say one turn so you might be like cool I've got these skeletons and they cost nothing to play but I can play two of them which means that I can then play a much more powerful blood Sac- card because I can sacrifice yeah. the two skeletons I'll get bones for them dying which means I can then play some more of this death deck again on the next turn because I have the bones from and, and it, it yeah. kind of builds in, in that sort of way really really well and I think that comes across more so in Act 3 as yeah. well when you're much more playing as, as kind of that electronic machine kind of deck and you're very reliant oh. on going well I've got one energy brilliant I can't yeah. do fucking anything I, I'm right. I kind of annoyed that um, Act 3 was it didn't play with robots at all in Act 2 because that's like a leg up on Act 3 yeah, I, I played as the robot in Act 2, so... And I struggled initially, like you, Ben. Mm. Um, mainly because I was like... I think it was late at night when I started Act 2, and it's like, okay, just auto-complete deck. And I was like, uh, yeah. no, actually, I'm going to enjoy putting my de- deck together because I really want to dig into these mechanics, but really set me up for Act 3 because I think I died once in Act 3, and that was it. Oh, uh, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I destroyed Act Three. So I destroyed. Which robots I want? I destroyed Act Two. Um, I play and I played the stupid ass Magic deck, like the the most dirtily yeah. gems. difficult. Yep. Yeah, but the thing is, Cause that is it took you. me a while. In, I, a, I, in a nutshell, <laughs> I like. Yeah, I flipped into fighting Leshy immediately, and it took a bit mm. of card. I had to get a couple cards off of. The, his like three minions and then I couldn't beat him uh, one of the minions right away and I wandered about did a random fight I did a couple fights in the bone area came back up and then Jindis just swept the game except for two mm-hmm. fights and I can't remember what they were but it was just that like they were perfectly aligned with not working with my mechanic because I didn't make a hybrid deck I yeah. I made I and there's robots, three colors yeah. of magic stuff and I made a uh, blue orange magic deck and I crushed most of Act 2, and there were a few fights where it's like, 
oh, this might be impossible just because of like <laughs> like like the boss fights where it's like you can't you can't like with the magic type you need to ha- own a moxen of a certain color to cast yeah. something of that color. But then there's that, that one boss that's the, the treadmill. Oh, the boss yeah, with the treadmill, yeah. and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, yeah. I can't cast this thing now, you stole yeah. it, or whatever. Yeah. And so, like, those fights, and that, of course, by that point, I was stubborn. I'm like, I will figure out how to win these fights with, with this, this style yes. of deck. <laughs> well, that sounds um, like you. Yeah, yeah. But, like, but it did mean that, like, I scre- I had, like, two or three fights where I had two or th- fight two or three times, and then the rest of the act was, like, except, mm-hmm. except for the very few first few fights, which I think everyone, like, can't win right away. It was just like, ah. But the thing is, that deck, the way it works, the way you're using it wins is because it's just, like, card advantage. Like, you get draw cards, so you just wait out your enemy and you win. And I'm like, oh, I'm a blue magic player. I'm being that same asshole. People are like, oh, fucking Adil, your turns are so long. I'm like, I'm playing this against the computer. It was great. It was That realization was like, oh, yeah, I have a play style, and I gravitate towards it. Um, Because I went with a bit of bone and a bit of of blood and mostly... Uh, power and yeah, yeah so so it was just like okay i'm just gonna block with all my empty vessels which yeah. is like the squirrels or whatever and just just wait it out until i get yeah. like six on everything and just destroy but i thought i thought the really rewarding part of um going with uh the robot for at two is that seeing all those cards which are new to you at that point then transformed into like a different aesthetic and ju- just seeing them in like 3D in Act yeah. 3 getting used to, mm-hmm. so used to those cars during that and then see them in a different aesthetic in Act 3 was really rewarding. I, so. I, I really like that jump in Act 3 um, to take you back to kind of the familiarity of Act 1 you know, setting mm-hmm. it back up in that same kind of idea here is the table, here is the game space but you can get up lanes. and go <laughs> yeah, yeah, five lanes yeah. instead and and there's lots of other stuff kind of tied to that, you know, with the different plugins. You know, you get the energy, and then you go and find the, do a few sort Upgrade. of puzzles in there, and find the the gem kind of uh, plugin to be able to play those cards yeah. and, and things when, when like you, that. When you first try and get up from the table, and you're like trapped in there, yes, you're like, yeah, yeah. What is going on? Yeah, <laughs> that was like. Holy I suppose it's yeah. it's a good point to bring in uh, uh, then the kind of the ARG kind of element to it. Or what, what would appear to be sort of an ARG element to it. You know, all of these kind of uh, um, videos, cutscenes of um, Luke, uh, um, I can't remember his sort mm, of YouTube handle. Carter. Yes, the Lucky Carter, yeah. that's it. And kind of the, the way that that story all sort of plays in. It, 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 you know, when you get through the entire thing, extremely intriguing in terms of it being something else. But it, it kind of actually doesn't really do very much apart from sort of build a little bit on the exposition of this sort of game and I don't think I, I think that's exactly why it's there it's not there yeah. to kind of do much more really I mean there might be other things going on but I agree I think it's um, I think it's there to make it mysterious and the fact that it happens between acts right like it's it's like hey it's a really smart transition between act one and two especially because it's mm. like oh right i'm playing a game the, oh, here's the central conceit i'm playing a game and now what oh, but like it's not just like ah the game is now this now it's like here's a bunch of mystery about this there's something weird about the like the here's your like 
narrative dump, but in a very weird way. Yes. There's more questions than answers. And then you're like, okay, oh, wait, what? I'm, I'm, I'm in an 8-bit top-down wander the world thing? Um, I also, before we talk more about... Well, I mean, we moved to Act 3, but I want to say the design of the game... So one of the crit- criticisms of collectible card games is, like, eventually, if you buy enough cards, you just have a stronger deck than everyone else. Mm. Right? Like, if I just buy enough cards, I'll get enough rares, and my rare-only deck will beat someone who's a better player than me. Is a, is a thing that's complain people complain about. They call it pay-to-win. Uh... It may, that's why things like Magic have certain formats where really powerful cards are, are allowed and from what to where they're not to like mitigate that. Act 2 being a collectible card game is so smart because yeah. you just keep playing and getting cards and as long mm. as you're trying, you'll get stronger cards to get rid of your weaker cards. You'll beat Act 2, right? You might beat it quickly or not so quickly, but because there's this influx of cards... And you never lose cards because you're not roguelikeing anymore. Uh, but because and the game started in that roguelike mentality, I kind of felt great at winning all the time. It's like, oh, I've played enough matches and I open up cards and I have some decent ones. Now I have two of this fucking rare that really owns. Of course I won, but I don't. Unless you think about it, you're just like you're still in the same idea of, oh man, I'm not like I'm just winning. This is great, and it's because yeah. Act One set you up. It's like such a really smartly placed yeah. Act Two. I, I love how it just plays into the whole meta of card games, especially someone who doesn't play card games. It's like, okay, you're playing this roguelike, and it's like, okay, you can't get too familiar with the cards that you're having, because as you say, they change run to run. And then, uh, <laughs> Act 2, you become what you hate the most, a collectible <laughs> uh, card game uh, player, and then and then you enjoy building your deck, and then by at free, you see the follies of of life and of being a, you know, neurotic, I have to collect them all car gamer because that's literally what led to Luke's demise. Mm. Where it's like, he dug too far. Yeah. He, he couldn't leave the inscription cards alone. He had to go find them. And I just love that whole arc um, and how it plays into the gameplay so well. So yeah. I really um, enjoyed that. The other thing really I'll say smart. about like the meta card game narrative, um, so like it's interesting because Act One is essentially the most modern of uh, card games, which is the mm-hmm. like PC based yeah. roguelike, churn it out, get better, etc. Deck build on the fly, lose things, gain things. Uh, Act Two is like the OG Magic Pokemon nineteen nineties m- mode. Act three is essentially the the first PC versions of these games, like Hearthstone, mm-hmm. which what they did was like these games they introduced the idea that every round, like I'm going to track everything for you, and every round you just get another resource. Versus things like Magic, which had like mana, right? You pay yep. one land a turn, and then like it was cumbersome. And like the Act two is really smart about giving you different resources to manage, but it was still like uh, I have to do it myself. Bones, yeah. blood, whatever. And Act Three is just like tick it up, and that's what like why people why people like Hearthstone, but then end up bouncing from it is because it's too simple. Because the the, the mm. resource management of more complex games isn't there. But like a lot, there's a lot of these games, and this is very much and like there's enough complexity that it's fun. But it very much wasn't a thing that was like really introduced in card games yeah. before, 
Like, because it's just easier to track turn time error. Like, oh, I'm on turn three, so I have three resources. Computer tells you that. But if you're in the middle of, a, like, you, you draw a card on on a tabletop, you're like, wait, what, what turn is this? And you don't have something to show. That's, like, it's harder, right? That's why this is a mechanic in PC. And so I really like that it's, like, modern, old school, middle ground is, like, the but then transition. But then it all goes back to, I don't know how much of the ARG, which has been solved now that you read, but... It all started with Carnaffel, which is like one of the oldest games, you know, card games ever. <laughs> and that is where <laughs> the Carnaffel code, uh, and it relates to Hitler and <laughs> stuff like that. And you haven't read about the ARG? Book? I have not, no. Oh, okay, you lot really need to do that because it. it I, like, I don't know how you lot finished the game. <laughs> And didn't look into that, like the whole ARG. Well, I, like I think it was what it, inscription is and why the, the old data. Were you not obsessed about that? Um, uh, yeah, I didn't realize it had been solved when I finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it got solved like the day or something. Before yeah. Oh, I really? Finished it or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 basically uh, they hid the this evil code or something this very occultist kind of like cold which uh, which you know very in line with you know like with the nazis and stuff like that and basically mm. on hitler's dead body they found uh the carnaffle code which was written on like the carnaffle code uh, cards and they uh inscribed it into a floppy disk game <laughs> and that's why the floppy disk is evil and has you know corrupted uh this what was was meant to be this normal game or game Funa is secretly some cold war uh you know front and you know and it's it, just I was, yeah, I, it's, it, it, it has layers but it does it um, doesn't it gives you lots of that in that in the sort of the video things there's there's lots of them where it's kind of like here is luke so we know that there's a video and then it'd be like a staticky image here, like oh this is like an error one but in one of those staticky yeah. ones it then kicks into showing this piece of paper yeah, I saw that. With this yeah. code on it. And I'm like, pause, 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 pause. Like, yeah. like, I can't say it, pause, pause. And go back and pause Take and see what this is. And I'm, I read yeah. it and I'm like, I've got no idea what the fuck this is. Yeah. How, yeah, how, exactly how, how, will, will this, will this, this do I need to write it down? Energy. Will this relate to what I need to do kind of in, in, in the next part? I took pictures of a lot of things, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think GameSpot has a really good, you know, just concise uh, thing of it because the ARG was like, I think there's a Google Doc of like, which I, I have still yet to read um, all the way through it. It's just like, you know, people getting sent actual floppy disks and, you know, really? actual oh, wow. coordinates and stuff like that. Yeah, it's really involved and interesting. Oh, that's, that's, that's what this dev does. So it's like, um, yeah, it's a good read. Um, if you want the concise version, I think GameSpot had a really good write up mm. of it. Yeah, I think. It, it is like kind of goofy, the reason for it, but it's like, it's still, it would still would have been fun, like, un, you know, unraveling that and. Basically, someone tried to hide. <laughs> I think basically people don't want the Carnaffle Code getting out because it's evil and it'll bring about the end of the world or something like that. And they put it on a floppy disk. <laughs> so. But I, I love how you, you know, again talking about these different sort of eras and kinds of card games that you're playing through. That mm. when you get into Act Two, suddenly you get all of the video sort of clips, and it's Luke finding a floppy disk. And suddenly you're playing this top-down or, or, or slightly yeah. top-down 16-bit kind of game. 
how are you know like floppy disk drives that cheap and how does he not know how to destroy a floppy disk properly oh no yeah that's that a, is yes. true yeah 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 because he's that never used one hammer. before yeah he's, I mean he, that guy is probably our age you <laughs> you'd know? think so you would yeah. think so but again uh, the he relevant, could be 28 again the relevance of the <laughs> hammer the relevance of the <laughs> hammer being able to destroy disk, cards in sort of like the act 3 gameplay you know they're, 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 it's all kind of there in it as well like the attention to detail in this game to follow it's through on all of these stuff is absolutely nuts yeah, I mean, and, and that's just like some of the things that you you don't you know you see and like like there are things where it's like you can skip second phases of bosses if you do the right thing and it's and it's just like these one percent scenarios. Oh he's, yeah, he's you know the developer Daniel Williams has has accounted for and mm. it's yeah. and it's as you say a ridiculous amount of detail. There was like, there's... like the one I the one I just want to have a, you know mention quick example of is all sort of the waypoint people do it. Is you know PO3 the treadmill one, and he scans it mm. at, in Act Two, and yeah. and it's like, oh okay, the, the second act he scans all the cards on the board, yeah, and he and he uses those against you. I think mm-hmm. what the, the waypoint guys were using, you know, mostly skeletons and bones. They picked the magic thing like you, but they were using skeletons and bones. So at at the start of Act Two. Because the skeletons, once they attack, they just disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had nothing on the board, and then he's like, oh, I have nothing to scan. You win. And it's just like... <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, that's so hell. smart. Yeah. So what, what I did was I... And it's I, full of things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, I made sure I had just, like, Moxon. Like, just, I, I just, like, throttled down... And then mm-hmm. it was like, cool, you have these now, and that's how that's how I bid it with my grindy deck. Was like I gave him garbage yeah. cards, but I had yeah. to suffer to try and win with garbage cards. I didn't think about one-offs. Ah, yeah, it's really smart. And it's like it's like they had no idea, and it's only because you know the producer told them it's like you skipped the whole of that too because you did this and you had no idea what you were doing or why that would happen. Well, they didn't know what act, the, the, you know <laughs> right the, of course the second act of the fight was. And they just did it naturally out of this is the tactics we're going for. And it's like, it accounts for that. And it's just ridiculous. Absolutely. And it's interesting in, in terms of the way that games or, or, or card battles can kind of go. There's the one where you make up rules as mm. well. And I I think at one point, I, I don't know whether it was because of the length of time or what had triggered it. But at one point I had four rules floating around. <laughs> And one of them had been Ooh, like crossed. Tough. One of them had been crossed yeah. through uh, because it'd be like, oh, we'll replace that one instead and put something else in. But the time I actually beat it was when I had done it quite swiftly and only had two rules floating yeah. around. You know, that was the kind of yeah. the one one of the bosses which I bashed my yeah, head on. Uh, yeah, yeah, a, a little bit. That first time because I only did one rule and it was something that absolutely worked in my favor, which was like every time they play a card or something like that I I get or, or every time I play a card they get some bullshit low, yeah they get like one yeah. extra point I mean basically like damage or something it, like that yeah yeah if, if you play flyers again if you have a flyer based deck for example uh, then telling them to just get this low powered card each time is great because it clogs the board up and they can get powerful things yeah, that you're hitting yeah. above them yeah 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 like yeah, things like that yeah. where it's like yeah I basically it took me a couple of tries on that fight, but it was basically, mm-hmm. oh wait, 
I don't care if you get that. Take as many as you want because yeah, yeah. it's preventing your shit from getting in my way. And I had I had a lot of sniper bots and a couple of flyers, and so the the. The time I like the second time once I figured that out, I just didn't draw the right cards. I was like, ah, oh, okay, well now I'm, now I'm giving you yeah. things that slowly whittle me down. Third time it was just like some bullshit, some bullshit sniper, sniper flyer. It's like okay, keep your things. I'll just I'll yeah. just make like great. There's tons of those individual strategies yeah, yeah, for yeah. each. Yeah, and it, like like in Act One, it was like the 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 fisherman, like the shark bus. It's the like, angler. Like, yes, it's like okay, just steal my squirrels or. Because they they're doing nothing to yeah, me. Yeah, they're just blocking. Yeah. yeah, and it's like I'm only going to fight down one lane. You get your chum bucket, which turns into a shark. It's like I only just need to kill that one shark. Yeah, and then just go down that one lane yep. and kill you. Well, as soon as you like, realize that, like the angler puts his hook out, and whatever you put out last after mm-hmm. his hook is out, he'll take. You're yeah. like, ah, take all me squirrels. Here, mm. let me grab a Did squirrel you- from the pile. Let me just give you that. But also, it's and one you, of those. It's did. one of those uh, battles you can kind of grind down because again, the chum buckets only appear against cards Where you, you have already have stuff. So yeah. you can be like, "Well, I've got a squirrel and another card. You've stolen my squirrel, and I will use this card to just bash you continuously." In the next turn, yeah. here's the chum bucket, and I have uh, three lovely little lanes that I can just lay <laughs> stuff out on <laughs> to smash the shit out of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, there's. There's there's another uh, uh, mechanic in the third act where um, you can upgrade cards, and it will put on this sort of like ability where they're super sort of effective, but if they die in a battle, that's it. You, you lose, lose the card. Yeah, and. I didn't because I didn't think it would be a good idea. But I didn't use it on any of the like character cards, uh, you know, on the, the ones cards. that were yeah. sort of leshy and, and and stuff like this. And it'd be interesting to see if there was it be any difference in terms of the kind of the overarching sort of game, whether it's just the card, or whether suddenly that leshy is like gone. And when you then go down into the depths, you know, it, down that little elevator in the third act and the three sort of characters are there and they kind of outline their plan, whether one of them would not be there because they had been deleted because they are embodied yeah. in the card. Or even though you've got them embodied in the card, they still kind of appear in the environment yeah, to yeah. play yeah, through. Yeah, that's so, my suspicion. Latter, yeah. But yeah, um, I, I definitely fell for the, oh, pick a file in your directory and... This one will, this one will get deleted if it dies in the battle. Yep. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's let, let's just go for it because <laughs> I had recently, um, you know, uh, reinstalled Windows on my PC. I was like, cool. I backed up all this anyway. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Brilliant. You know, I'll just download it off my hard drive again. But um, yeah, that obviously wouldn't have done that but I, I thought that was really cool Just mm. it just puts that sinking down yeah. in your mind well, like... exactly I love the way it just reads yeah. your drive and just then mm-hmm. you can roll yeah. through so, all of your files so uh, when it well, the first time it asked for a file did any of you pick a picture yes yeah 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 because no, then it shows I, the picture up on the screen it does, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh it's so cool it yeah you're like ah oh, um, shit and then you're like oh, and then it brings in all your steam friends yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, it's because it did that with Pony Island. Like that, that tricked me when it happened in Pony Island. When it's like you get messages from people, and it's like, mm. oh, 
um, in Steam directory, that got me because it pops up like the actual Steam thing, and it's like a message. It's like, what are you doing? And it's like, oh, you see me playing this game, but yeah, um, I thought that was super neat. But um, and then when it was asked like later on, it was like, give me a file, and it's like. Uh, yeah. Here's a four gig movie file. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a big one. Here's a great thing. I'm like, I'm glad I picked a yep. big file. Yeah, I think I picked something similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it tries or, to preempt or... you in that sort of sense. Uh, the idea that it's like, I'll delete these files, and you're like, ooh, a bit tentative in kind of then what you sort of pick. And you're like, I'll pick this like three megabyte file, and it's like, this file's rubbish, and you get like one, <laughs> you know, one Whoa. damage against him, and you're like, I, I was like, there's no way it deletes. Now. Also. Yeah. I, I think I've I have backups. Damage. Here's a, here's a five gig fucking thing. Oh, I don't. Like, even, I haven't watched this movie in ages yeah. anyway. But also, yeah. it's like I'm gonna unless you're double bluffing me. I'm gonna assume what you're trying to say. It convinced me to do is do a small thing. Here's the biggest fucking file I can find easily. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, here, just take my whole user data. And um, here's here's page file that sys. Oh no, it deleted it. Now everything crashes. So <laughs> to um to kind of round out our chat on uh, yeah. inscription. Can I just tell you one more? Thing Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we we all roll through one thing. If I didn't say it, um, the apparently apparently this may just be a rumor that the kids told me in the playground. But mm. uh, apparently, your if you know when you stab out your eye. Yep. And and you can pick up the one that has like the you know you can see the magic yeah, yeah. Uh, ultraviolet uh, you know uh, text in it. Um, I think there's like a goat eye in there, and if you pick up the goat eye and put that in your eye, um, <laughs> you know there's a goat card. In, yeah. Like, the f- <laughs> yeah. Apparently it's like in lingerie or something. <laughs> every time you look at it, you've got the goat. I mean, I mean, that's amazing. I, it is, and I could absolutely believe that would be would yeah. be true. I, I, I don't didn't... know if that's. I haven't corroborated it yet. But yeah. yeah Again, awesome. there was <laughs> yeah. there's there's like an eye with two pupils as well. It'd be like I didn't I didn't try yeah. any of those out. Always went for the no. fucking magic yeah. eye because like, of course yeah. you do because you're pulled towards it because it's, it's covered in it. colors and stuff. But um, and, and one, it solves a puzzle for you exactly. One yeah. last question: What did you did you all go with the infinite squirrels to win the first? Uh, mm. first so act? I didn't Tokens. win the first act with infinite squirrels because mm. uh, I like. I had ba- basically I, I we did a hard fight and then the next fight I just lost. And the next yeah. time I came around I did something else, but oh. I really enjoyed how it like clearly telegraphed this as a it strategy. Does. It it draws you to that. And then I was cuz I when I played it I was like, "Hold on, infinite squirrels." And I played a few rounds. It's like, "Have I broken the game?" And I was like, "I'm going to I'm going to beat this cuz there's no way I can lose as long as I play carefully carefully." Yeah. There's no way I can lose this. I, I think I didn't play Infinite Squirrels. I played um, Squirrels with like the Thorn Shield. So mm. they always, if they hit a squirrel, they always take a, oh, yeah. a damage. And basically, I'm like squirrel, 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 bash, 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 yeah. bash. Cool. I've but like your squirrel like, deck actually has a limit, but the key, mm. but by giving it recursion, essentially, it's like back in your hand, cast for free. Yep. Um, which I was like, oh yeah, you, you're right. It. it, it it guides you there. It clearly gives you those upgrades, but in such a subtle way that you think you've like 
Yeah, I thought I broke the game. I was like, what's happened? It, yeah. it, it also. So when that, you got the infinite squirrels, I was like, that's by design. Yeah. You know, yeah. he wants you to be. It the works well as as well if you get like the you know the rabbits and stuff like that, where suddenly mm. like you play a card. And it will bring a rabbit into your hand, and then you play that card, and it will bring a rabbit into your. You know, yeah, same doing thing. those yeah. kinds yeah. of things. Like there, yeah, there so are. Loads I think of the key is that the the game is well designed. That in in all three acts, there are ways of doing loops. Yes. Yes. Um, and loops are, are are like if you know card games, a loop is is usually a broken broken thing. Mm-hmm. Like in Magic, the way you win often is like I do this thing, and because of this thing. I get to do this thing again. So I do this infinite times. Oh, but also this guy's here. So every time I do it, you get a damage. You're mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which so I know it, yeah. that's like a thing because one of the achievements is called Blood Artist. And in Magic, it's a when something dies. When any creature dies, there's a card called Blood Artist. And he's a zero one. And it says when a creature dies, do one damage or drain an opponent for one life, basically. Do one damage to an opponent, you gain one life. Which, when you have a loop. Of like sacrifice a creature, yeah. a new creature comes up, we'll just kill them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get like uh, an infinitely strong Ouroboros that does like. Oh, the Ouroboros! I'm so thing. sad I didn't. Yeah. Like, I was like, I, I, I realized in Act Three, I was like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. Of course, that's what this card does. And then, and then I had a really good time in Act Three when it got into tougher fights. I'm like, I'm gonna try and lose this fight just so that my Ouroboros <laughs> dies. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same Ouroboros yeah. stats in Act Two and, and Three. Yeah, it carries over. Which I didn't. Is... I didn't even look at that. I didn't, that was not a mechanic that I was paying attention to. Yeah, there's gonna... there's tons of stuff. So there's uh, again, as as my final sort of thought, there's loads of little bits in this game as well. So there's uh, when you're rolling through Act Three. When you go to the bottom right section, which in Act 2, because it just rips that sort of map up uh, um, and places sort of like Leshy and and, and, uh, the zombie sort of woman in the same place. When you go down into the crypt area, there is a padlock on uh, on a door. And I googled it because I'm like, how do I do this? Like, I'm I'm, I'm just about to go and uh, finish Act Two. I want to Act Three. I I know that I've got to be really close. I want to know what this door is going to do. And I googled it, and you have to do stuff in Act Two. You know, there's there's like keys you've got to get. There's extra bits you've got to do, and I'm like, all of that completely missed. You know, went went past me and i had no idea yeah. so it's just something i will Same. not experience and I, I think you know like the reward will just be like a very powerful kind of card and, and things like, like that is it yeah. the bone lord that's down there i just like it's something like that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's oh yeah there's, I, there's ideas I about to some like evil weird demon dragony thing in act two yeah. and then there's when you bone progress lord. through act three there's then you know the idea that the game is deleting and and you fight kind of each of these sort of lords as such and you get to the uh, um the pirate as you move across this sort of yeah, like yeah. chessboard you you kind of get to the pirate and then the game deletes yeah and there's tons of talk about does the pirate exist is there a pirate fight where's the pirate what's the, you know <laughs> There's so I, much more yeah. to this sort Imagine of game. Imagine making all those you... assets. I was like, yeah, we're going to do a pirate. Exactly, fight, exactly. Yeah. Like, the assets so as well bad. are there, which kind of makes you then believe that something is hidden, that maybe you have missed it, but actually yeah. probably haven't. It just dies I, at that point for I everybody. Mean, I really enjoyed that end of the game where everything's deleting itself, so you're doing half fights, because mm. I feel like it was basically just a flex of like, 
I could have made this engine and this mechanic and this design for a card game or <laughs> this one or this one. Like completely uh, different so, aesthetics. It's so yeah. good because it's just like, I wanted to play more of that one. Uh, the one thing I will say is the, the beta, you can apply to be, you can just, go, if you own Inscription, you can follow the directions on their website uh, and go into Casey's Mod, I think it's called. Mm. Yeah. Um, Casey's Mod, which is currently an open beta, and it's basically Act 1. As yeah, the game that people good. wanted, yeah. Um, <laughs> as in, so like, hilarious. <laughs> uh, pe- I mean, there I, are people complaining. It's like, I want to, you yeah. Know, I well, then fucking play? restart the game. Play that again. Yeah. Um, but but I realized <laughs> that what I wanted to do. So, like I said, the brilliance of Act Two is you will always win, right? Because you'll just get enough cards. But then I realized, oh, but I I played such a tight, like I'm doing two colors of just the magic and then I didn't get back to it and it's like oh when Lucy told me that she did like the the robot version I mean now I understand how their mechanic works but at the time it was like ah, oh, I kind of wish I could have played that and so I hope that mm. there's a version where I can start or like save and like just explore the different mechanics and design mm-hmm. in act two but you'd have to like throw out your card collection you, otherwise yeah. You can you can after you finish the game you can go back to the the start of each act like oh can you I think, oh I didn't even yeah, try like act one is like s- separated into like the tutorial bit of the game where it's like right. you, you die first and then you can start at the point where it's like okay I know what I'm doing collecting mm-hmm. cards and all that stuff and then you can start right from act two and right from act three which is good so yeah. um, I'm I, I'm replaying through it. Um, through Act 1, it's like, I know what I'm doing I'm, but I'm going to use yeah. different tactics I'm going to use the creatures that I didn't use or just completely ignored uh, the first time and like, Makes just sense. dying and like it's still like, I don't care that I'm dying, it's like, even even from the roguelike perspective, it's like I don't care, because it's like I'm, it's just fun and it, like, it I, is, I and, and there's, there's so much depth there, you know, like the, mm. the, the mouse with the Absolutely. bell, there's something about a mouse with a bell and there's bells in a place, and you know that's one mm. of the cards. There's all the tentacles with all of their different things. Oh, yeah. You think, know, there's loads of stuff kind of like around. Yeah, like, it, it, yeah, it took me a while to figure that one out. There's so well. much depth in each of these sections. It, it is an absolutely nuts, very well crafted, incredibly deep game. Yeah. Yes. Um, Game of the year, some would say. Yeah, some some I'm may say. No. Some may. I say. mean, we'll find out next week if some say it. Week after. Week. What we'll find out soonish. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like Christmas well, next week. Yeah, yeah it, it is in, in in almost a week. Yeah, in about yeah. nine or ten, ten days. I know, oh, yeah. absolutely nuts. We will have another episode next week, everybody. Um, I didn't just before that. just before the no, Christmas break. We've got Christmas one more one more episode, one more episode, <laughs> and then our our end of year show will oh, be going up good. between Christmas. And New Year, so uh, I, 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 I want to, you know, I'm glad because this is my favourite time of the week. Good, so. I'm glad. Mine too. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Let's swiftly roll through our beers for this evening. Lucy, you kicked mm. us off uh, um, with the episode. Yeah. You had the Arbor Pocket Rocket and the Omnipolo Mammut. Do you have a preference? I, I think you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's hard balancing a three point nine percent session pale against mm. a, uh, you know, twelve percent. Stout. Yep. Nine times out of ten, the stout's gonna win. Um, but yeah, this is it's a cracking one as well. Um, 
As I say, I think the barrel age helps uh, helps it have so much depth. Mm. Um, God knows what this would be be mm. like if you aged it even longer. But yeah, Omnipolo do great stouts. They always have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can taste all those flavors. As I say, maybe the coconut's a bit more understated than the vanilla and hazelnut, but it, they all just come together and just make a luxurious I've stolen your word today Ben but that's it, fine it, that's the only way of describing this it's luxurious apart from the way it looks um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a sad bit of pond scum at the top of the beer but it's it, 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 it's it's probably one of the best days that I can remember drinking this year oh it's, wow it's it's really good um, and I think it cost a packet so I'm pretty glad <laughs> that it uh, tastes good brilliant um, I would have been disappointed if not but but yeah this is this is as I said I could speak so much about this yeah, yeah. it's like so so many so many layers of depth and flavour it's just fantastic so yeah good the good. mammut mammut yeah the mammut lovely I can figure lovely. out what that means um, Adol, you had the Salt Citra Nipa Jr. and then the Athena from Alpha Delta. Do you have a preference? Yeah. Um, they're quite similar in, in their like casualness, we'll call them. But mm. I found the Alpha Delta a little too reserved. I really liked the notes and the nose. And then I was kind of disappointed that there wasn't... It wasn't even that there was just those notes in the taste, but they just weren't sort of there in the right levels. Like, it mm-hmm. just... It just felt a little flatter, um, like those notes were there, but there's not a lot of mixing. There wasn't a lot of journey. Um, and the Citra Nipa Jr., again, a nice, light, easy... Like This is a super sessionable beer, um, but I got some of those... Um, I got more out of the like slightly tropical, uh, very obviously citrus, it's citra-based um, notes, but like in the citrus there was hints of... Um, orange and a touch of maybe lemon tartness, but then some key lime. Like there was just a nice, interesting balance. Uh, yeah, and it just it, it it had a bit more of a ride, we'll say. Uh, but again, sure. both easily drinkable, especially like sessionable or beginning of the night. Like just or like just want to sup a beer. I will say mm-hmm. that the finish of the Athena was more beery, um, and that was the only thing that let me down on the Citra was uh, was. It was a little like, ah, it's done, versus, ah, yes, mm. I have supped a beer. Um, but I, I, the rest of the taste was, was I think, I I'll, because of the rest of the taste, I'll put it in the, the salts category. Okay, nice, nice. Um, it's a difficult one for me this week. I, I really enjoyed both both beers. Uh, the Polly's incredibly mm. well-balanced, really lovely flow, a lovely, lovely pale. Um, the Overtone Pure Magic... Um, I'm going to say words. We can take all of the words. It was luxurious in its reservedness. Um, <laughs> it, 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 that's an incredibly well balanced sort of beer. Um, both excellent. Both beers. I would tell everybody to go out and find. I think I might give it to the Polys though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On the fact that I would have cracked another beer straight open. Yeah. Uh, mm. it, it, it flowed. It had that lovely journey to it. It had some beautiful flavour, and it was incredibly drinkable. In that, yeah, straight on to the next one. I could have drank and drank and drank that beer. Um, whilst the other one was more reserved, 
Um, it, it is still a bit of a bigger boy, so it is that double IPA. It is. It does have that slight thickness to it, so it, it feels a little heavier, uh, even though the flavour is more reserved. It isn't quite as big as some other double IPAs on the market, and it feels luxurious because of that. You get to the end of the can and you think, yes, I've had enough of this still. Um, so it's the Polly's culture shock for me this week. If you, dear listener, would like to talk us about the games that you've been playing, about Inscription, uh, or about any of the beers that you have been drinking, you can do that in lots of different ways. We are tanked up cast almost everywhere. I'm at Nova underscore 47. Lucy is Juicy Loose 9. Adele is the Omniarch. You can hit us up on all of the platforms that we play games on or on the old Twitters. You can always go to ourlives.net, which you probably should do, to mm. see our faces because we post the videos up on there, to read things that we produce and put out and our other contributors at Out of Lives put out as well. If you want to talk to us on the daily, you can do that on our Discord server, which is linked on one of our posts on outoflives.net. Or give one of us a shout and we'll share the link with you not me because i wouldn't know how well yeah tell lucy <laughs> she'll tell us we'll yes. tell you <laughs> they have been the biz they've been the games that we have played that has been inscription spoiler chat that is Ooh. everything for this week uh, do either of you have a parting word nintendo really can't read the room can they <laughs> that direct today <laughs> No silk song. Oh, I don't even exist. bother anymore. Silk song doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't. No. <laughs> Given up hope. <laughs> uh, on that, we have been tanked up. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Stupid Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> www.outoflives.net.